When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Rumored Innuendo, everybody. It is me, Nick Hausman, from HouseOfWrestling.com. Joined here as I am every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, Robert, Eastern. Oh. Go ahead. No, that's Stepped fine. on it. We're never good at doing that. No. We're three weeks in, and I still, there's the pause. And I when I go back and listen to the show, you're like, and here's my co-host. And then like four <laughs> minutes of dead silence. Until it's I was funny like, oh, because shit, that's me. <laughs> it's here funny because we had like 15 minutes. We were ready to prep the show today, and I had on my mind we should rehearse the intro because it's been really choppy. But hey, yeah. th- we'll do it tomorrow. We'll get it right then. Um, but of course, today we are off into the races, everybody. Welcome to Rumor and Innuendo, ad-free shows, podcast heat, only weekly pro wrestling news show. We are very happy to be here with all of you today. We're streaming on X. We're streaming on YouTube. And of course, if you can't catch us live here in video form, you're always welcome to go over and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Man, we have uh, a big show here today. Um, Charlotte Flair, there was a scare with her on SmackDown on Friday. CM Punk was also at SmackDown on Friday. We'll talk about that. We had NXT Deadline. We know what Dolph Ziggler's first post-WWE match is going to be. And, of course, if we've got time for Billy Corgan and the CW News, we'll get to it. Um, And, of course, don't forget tomorrow, big show tomorrow We'll be joined by Chavo Guerrero. We're going to be talking all about the Iron Claw live here. So just like all our shows, you can jump into the comment section, just like Michael Vasquez here, who says, awesome. Hi, Michael. Um, and you'll be able to ask us, Chavo, any questions you want tomorrow. Very special episode, and we're going to have another guest we're going to announce on tomorrow's show for Wednesday. So we're popping here, buddy. This is a big week. I love it. This is really exciting. We're in week three. I feel like outside of the opening here, we're hitting our groove. Uh, the <laughs> feedback I've gotten, look, the feedback I've gotten from a lot of people has been really fantastic. Folks posting stuff on online, uh, messaging me. The general gist of it is they just like, it's a 30, 35 minute show, easily digestible, get a lot of the news. They, they like hearing from us and we cut through a lot of the nonsense. There's not some of that weird meltery baggage that i think exists elsewhere i like dave first of all but let's get let's get it off your chest here you were upset about ticket over the weekend look i like i like dave as well uh when i when i met him he almost made eye contact it was cool to get to talk to him but he over the weekend erroneously announced that elimination chamber had sold eight thousand seats to signal that this global wwe expansion not going well when it turns out in reality they've sold around 40,000 seats. And I understand in the world of wrestling journalism, sometimes people are going to make some errors. But when you're off by roughly 32,000 tickets that are sold and knowing how damning that sort of report is on a business end, especially for a globally traded public company, that's a risk. I, If I'm Dave, 
I'm not talking about things like ticket sales and numbers unless I am 100% sure that what I am reporting is accurate because if that story got out there and got real traction that they'd only sold 8,000 seats to this Australia show and that affected the stock price, you don't want to be in that seat. You know, we're rumoring innuendo. We're reporting what other folks are talking about unless it's coming from House of Wrestling where Nick has checked, rechecked, and checked again. But when I saw that Melcher story, it really struck me as surprising and just how inaccurate it was. And uh, here's I was I'm surprised by it, too, because, you know, all of the, the, the business of covering pro wrestling has become somewhat fragmented. Everybody has specialties. Right. I mean, I'm the C, I'm I'm more a CM Punk story guy than anybody else. Right. But we have this other website called WrestleTix. Right. And WrestleTix, it's on Twitter. If you don't follow them, I highly suggest you go and follow them. Very straightforward. They give you updates on ticket sales for major events. Um, they are not hard to contact. I have talked to the people at WrestleTix um, just to give you all a little peek behind the curtain on how I do my job. Um, I use WrestleTix. I use Cage Match. I use WrestleNomics data all the time for my reporting. And as part of that, I reach out to those sources. I am very close to. I talk to those people. More, Brandon Thurston gets more DMs from me than he would probably care to get. But I, it is important for me to, to be in contact with those people and making sure that data is correct, just, just like what you're saying, Robert. But, I mean, look, I like to take a break. I watch most of my wrestling in the morning. Sometimes I'll watch at night. But Dave doesn't stop, man. Like, the churn rate on the amount of content that guys like him and Mike Johnson and some of these other guys put out, you know, it is just so easy to get lost in that fog of war there when you're throwing out so much information on a daily basis, you know, not to make excuses. I'm just saying that's a reality of it. I'm, I, I look at how much content these people are putting out sometime. And I'm just like, man, what do you do with your time? Is this it? I guess, you know, well, he's not spending that time cleaning his office. So we know that, but nah. it's tough because wrestling journalism over the last however many several years has gained a lot more credibility because there are so many people who are really taking it seriously and it's not like when i was growing up as a kid and you go on a website and they just post any sort of nonsense to get clicks no matter how ridiculous it was and because there was so little access backstage especially during the monday night wars you're just relying and hoping that whatever dirt sheet information you're, you're seeing is accurate i know pritchard has his shtick that he hates Meltzer and everything he posts is a lie I don't believe that at all. In fact, the first time I ever saw a physical copy of The Observer was in Howard Finkel's office. So it was in Titan Towers. Like, it's a, it's really a thing. They're checking. They're looking at it. But when you see some of these stories, you're trying to fight that fake news tag that exists not just in the wrestling sphere but across the industry. And then I saw that particular story, and I know there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo about Dave's AEW bias this is a pretty damning mistake that I'm hoping there's a there's an answer. There was a glitch in the system. He had a wrestle tick, and that was what caused it. I, I think I, I I I don't quote me for gospel, but I believe he put out a tweet just saying he was like looking at the wrong info and he apologized and he put out a retraction, which is like the best you could do in that situation yeah. when you just get something wrong. So unfortunate, but you're absolutely right. And it's uh it's it's disconcerting. It is, but I think what was sort of more unfortunate uh, was the the Charlotte Flair piece of things. Man, I wish we could show everybody. I, again, I don't want us to get flagged on, on YouTube or anything and have the show get pulled, but 
Uh, go out of your way. Go on X. Find the video footage. I believe our good friend Steve Fall from Wrestle News Co. Uh, got a good clip of it. I think he was at the show. But, man, Charlotte Flair wrestling Oscar on SmackDown. There was a spot. They go up to the top rope, slip, fall. She does like a seesaw head first into the ring, screams about her knee, visibly in a ton of pain. They come back from commercial. Very, very awkward. We do, I've been trying really hard to get more info about uh, what's going on with Charlotte. Nobody has been willing to give me an update. I know that uh, Fightful reported that the injury is legitimate. I think that was pretty clear from anybody who was yeah. watching that something had gone awry there. Uh, what goes through your head when, when you see something like this play out, Robert? So I was watching SmackDown Saturday morning, and when they um, fast forward and they come back from commercial, and Charlotte's down, Asuka's down, and they're talking about this. And if this was part of a storyline, if this was part of the, the narrative of the match, you would immediately have a replay queued up. Number one, that moment would have probably happened on television. And I thought maybe they were trying to do something different and break up the monotony and say, hey, this happened during the commercial break. Here's why you want to make sure you stay tuned. Let's show you a replay. But there was no replay of the spot. They're telling the story about what happened there. But when they're not showing it, that should be a red flag for anybody. Something legitimate has happened here. They were able to work around it in such a way that the match got to the finish they needed. I know Charlotte was helped out after the, the actual footage of the, the moment. Really dangerous. These things happen in wrestling. The, the ropes are slippery. You're going up doing these high-risk moves. Every once in a while, something's going to happen. My hope is it was more of a scare than anything else and that she'll be okay. I don't want to put any sort of positive to something like this in the WWE's perspective, but at least when you're going into the Royal Rumble, unless Charlotte was the person that was planned to, to win the whole thing, you can kind of cover it up a little bit. It looks like you're going with Bianca and Io at the, at the pay-per-view. It seems like Becky and Nia are the story going into the Rumble. So if there does need to be a time for Charlotte to take a little bit of time off with this injury, even though she just came back, this is kind of the time to let her heal up. Yeah, and it sounds like Andrade, we were talking about last week, you know, he's kind of at a crossroads here right now, too, where he could be looking to maybe make a change. Seems like some time together for them to sift through their thoughts. Maybe not a terrible thing if there is a silver lining to this. Um, but yes, uh, 100%. Very unfortunate, and um, it is a top priority on my list of news to get into here today uh, to get more answers about what's going on with Charlotte. Um, we'll get to another top priority of mine for news uh, later on in the show, less pressing. Um, we had uh, a SmackDown promo on SmackDown as well. It was CM Punk's first SmackDown promo in nearly 10 years, uh, coming off of what I think a lot of fans thought was a pretty meh raw promo. Man, he didn't hold back. He was having a lot of fun. We we were kind of hesitant on Friday to see how he would play in front of a military audience. Did you notice that they didn't play the at least I, at least I didn't hear it. I don't think they played the like Mussolini part of cult of personality to the troops. I I, I didn't catch it. I think they may have not played that part. <laughs> I don't I don't think I was paying attention that much to the music, but I was paying attention to the promo and I think Punk knew a first promo out when he was on Raw was let WWE see that they can give me a microphone and I'm not going to go out there and burn the entire place to the ground. Right. So you got it out of your system. Yes, the time was cut. I believe the fine folks at House of Wrestling reported that Punk was okay, yeah, that his time was yeah. cut and he was a model citizen. But that SmackDown promo, you need to be able to tell a story without telling a story. He is not part of any of the major storylines going on right now. So you need to make him feel plugged in 
without pulling away from what feels like Seth and Drew and what they're building, what feels like Roman and Orton. He went out, and I think he showed why WWE, unlike AEW, is handling Punk properly. He laid out five or six different feuds that if you're a fan, you want to see it. I want to see Roman and Punk because it's the battle of the Paul Heyman guys. I want to see him and Seth because of all these barbs that have been exchanged back and forth, both on camera, at house shows, on podcasts. I love the fact that he, I feel, intentionally did not mention Drew McIntyre to mm. continue this whole, Drew, why am I the guy omitted? And yes, to remind you guys that Punk is still Punk, he had that moment of, I don't want to mess with Kevin Owens because he's punching guys in the back and you shouldn't <laughs> punch people in the back. Well, let me read the quote here. You're not doing a service. I have the whole thing written down. I'll try not to read all of it. But he's, uh, he's talking about people that he may work with. And he says, someone said Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, that'd be interesting, right? Can I tag with Kevin Owens? Maybe I can fight Kevin Owens. Let's pump the brakes on that one for just a second. Kevin's a little bit prickly. And I mean to say is that him and I are probably too much alike. And I don't know who would feel comfortable working with somebody who randomly just punches people in the face backstage. I mean, it's 2023, ladies and gentlemen. You just can't be doing stuff like that. That's insane. And to wit, he also uh, teased wanting to headline WrestleMania 40 in this promo. That was, well. that was where I was going to go with that, too. Yeah the, yeah, the end of it was he made an admission statement of folks he wants to work with. He took the little bit of a quasi-shot at AEW without making it so overt. And it was him calling his shot and basically saying, I want a main event WrestleMania. Another smart thing they did on SmackDown, and I see someone in the comments says, I'm going to put it up on the screen. I've never done this before. This is Issa, by uh, the way, our good friend Issa, New York City Demon Diva. Issa, uh, New York City Demon Diva wrote, including him in the backstage segment, was a very smart decision as well. I completely agree. His interaction with Kevin Owens and the tension there, his little moment with Randy Orton in LA Knight, these little just record drop moments of boy we're gonna get a lot of fun stuff over the next year or so fantastic his stuff on nxt which i know we'll get to a little later he's having a lot of fun and as an audience member you have to be enjoying that well the only backstage segment you didn't bring up was the cody rhodes one and i thought that was the yes. best that was the best backstage segment i thought because it is so clear that both of these guys like look they went to AEW. <laughs> in one case, started AEW to kind of show that they could be a draw outside of the mold. They proved it. They got brought back. And they were, Cody probably more so than Punk, were made assurances about how they were going to be used. Both guys are guys that have a great case to make. They got a lot of history. I think the fans could see either of them in the main event picture. I, you know, LA Knight, this is going to be a real test. Can he step up and hang with some real sharks right now? You know? Spoiler alert. No. Well, that's, but, okay. I didn't want yeah, to be so blunt I, about I, it. I, I will be blunt about it. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, when you speak ill of LA night, you know what, what you're stepping into. I yes. hope he steps up. I love the merchandise that he's selling. I love that the crowds are invested in him. And you always want to be excited when the crowd is invested in somebody. I just, I'm not as, you know, bullish about him as others are, but part of why I love Triple H is I don't think he is either, but he's willing to give it a shot and he's willing to give them as many opportunities as they can to see how you can make money. And that Cody punk moment of them shaking hands, I saw someone online posted, 
I'm going to tell my kids this was dynamite. And I love that because mm-hmm. it's sort of the great what if we never got an AEW was Cody and Punk. Man, it, and it really is a signal to the talent, the top talent over in AEW land right now. You know, this is this is how what this is how you're going to get treated. If you come over, you look at Jade, you look at Cody, you look at Punk. You won't be rendered some pariah for going head to head with us. You're actually maybe going to be looked at more highly because you've proved your value outside of our model. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch how differently Triple H handles this wave of talent as opposed to when Vince had the book and other talent would come in and, you know, uh, they'd have to maybe get tested or, or prove themselves or, or, or whatever. I, it doesn't, I'm not getting that vibe, you know, with what's going on with these talents. If this was Vince Punk would have come out night one and Baron Corbin would have interrupted him. And we would have had a CM Punk Baron Corbin feud for like two months <laughs> to, to just see how he does. Uh, Ray Baron Corbin had a big weekend. So, well, while we're talking punk, before we get to this deadline stuff, Rayanne Mohammed asked, Robert, did you ever work with punk when you were working at WWE? I did. Yes. He was in it. He was in OVW for a portion of my time there. And I was actually at the very first and only ECW house show that was done at the ECW arena, which is, which was punk's first match there. Got to work with him uh, during that, which was interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Punk has a a a bit of a reputation when you first meet him. He can be a little what's a polite term? Prickly. Prickly. That, well, that was the word I, he used for Kevin Owens. Was prickly. Yeah, yeah. I, that's where it was stuck in my brain. Like I will. I got the full CM Punk experience when I first met him. That's all I'm going to say. But I, I I like Punk. I think he's a really talented guy. And uh, yes, I was glad to have gotten to work with him a little bit. Okay. You know, I'd say he's been nice to me, but, you know, you go back and watch that all-out scrum, and it doesn't really feel like he was, like, that nice to me. So, whatever. Well, he didn't offer you any of those uh, muffins. No, but uh, props to Leva Bates, who was awkwardly standing around with the press after that scrum was over and offered everyone lime spindrift that was left over from Punk's bag. And God bless you, Leva Bates. I've never forgotten that. It was such a great break of tension. I wish you nothing but the best. we got to get her on the show. I love Leva. She's, she's awesome. Very good. Um, CM Punk then sh- on Saturday morning starts teasing that his flight got delayed. He woke up. Now he's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Obviously, he was at the WWE headquarters. He posed in front of the big title belt, took a selfie in the gym. And then lo and behold, out to start the show is Shawn Michaels, comes down to the ring, does the are you ready? Are you ready? Out comes CM Punk. They joke about how uh, Punk makes a joke about how he didn't mean to cut off Michaels. And he says, were you about to say suck it? And Michael says, I forgot. I looked into it for what it's worth. Michaels can say suck it. Suck it is not a banned term, but it was for, it was told to me that suck it is like the way you end a segment. And so there really wasn't any reason for him to say it in that moment with Punk because they were really just getting the segment going. <laughs> what do I do for a living? This is what I'm explaining. What you do for a living. No, what you do for a living and you owe these people an apology. It's not a belt. He posed in front of the championship statue of the prestigious title. A yeah. belt is what you use to hold up your pants, you heathen. Yes. Uh, um, also, it was a great moment during that promo where Sean pointed out that Punk was wearing a Bret Hart sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Punk was it. like, hey, it's fine. You guys have buried the hatchet just like me and Hunter have buried the hatchet. 
Uh, and then cuts to this part where he teases maybe he's going to join NXT. And then they just hit CM Punk's music, and that's it. Now, correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, Robert, but this segment felt like there was absolutely zero preparation outside of at the end of this thing, please tease that you may sign with NXT. That's about all I could tell that may have been sketched out for what we got here on Saturday. Oh, yeah. This was the old school. We'll, we'll wing it while we're out there. We'll have fun. And when in doubt, point to the crowd and they'll chant your name. And it worked. It was, like I said, this was a fun little CM Punk moment. I don't think that NXT fans were necessarily expecting it until he teased that he was in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't this major moment. And it was a reminder that, yeah, he could wind up on NXT. He won't since NXT and SmackDown both have TV rights deals locked up, but you never know. I'm really glad somebody asked Shawn Michaels about CM Punk on that deadline media call. Somebody who would prognosticate something maybe going down there. Anyway, um, they were having so much fun with Punk at NXT. They did this backstage segment with Cora Jade. Um, it was like a YouTube exclusive where she's cutting some promo about how she returned. She did. She came back on the show. She laid out. Lyra Valkyria after Blair Davenport won the Women's Iron Survivors Series match. But in a moment that was also definitely not scripted, uh, they send Punk out to interrupt her. He tells her that he's proud of her. There's this video of her crying, meeting him back in the day, and it was just very wholesome. It was just a wonderful moment of Punk interacting with somebody who is an adoring fan of his that is now a star. And notice how it didn't end with Braun Breaker punching him in the locker room afterwards. So there's that. It, this is how you know it's an all-new, all-different CM Punk. People are comfortable with him meeting their, their girlfriends and not being concerned that they're not going to still have a girlfriend when things are said and done. Yikes. He's a charming man. A very charming man. Very charming man. But he's got a wife now. He's, he's very happy. He I, he's I, happy. That's what I'm saying. Now he's happy. He's got a wife. He's got a dog. Uh, he's got Nick Houseman as his PR guy. He's living the life. Right. Me running, me running PR for him. Uh, I will say, and look, this is going to sound like a PR statement. Everybody wanted to know more about this. I asked around, I put out maybe the most boring exclusive report of my career late on Saturday, which was punk was at the venue. Most of the day, he was very nice to everyone, including triple H who was also at the show and they shared space. And then he left. And that's really it. There, there was no, there was not, there was nothing there, guys. You know, he just showed up, had a good time. Seems like they're kind of freewheeling right now, just playing around with him to kind of figure out where he fits in the land. And then I think tonight, um, I would guess, and this is not based off of anything I've been told from there, um, I would guess that they're gonna put him on Raw and jumpstart the formal program to Rollins and this two weeks of just the novelty of punk back. Um, we'll conclude and we'll get into some kind of actual storytelling. I'm hoping with the guy. I think he's going to wind up on raw. I do not think you're getting the Seth Rollins feud right off the bat. I think Seth and drew is a perfect Royal rumble style title match. You can get a good story with drew in that without having to eliminate him from the rumble, having punk going into the rumble, having Cody going into the rumble, those guys both wanting to main event WrestleMania. I think that is your story going into that match. So you'll get Punk on Raw. We're going to tease that Seth Rollins stuff for as long as we can, but I don't think they're touching till after Rumble. Well, the reason I said that maybe they'll get to it is because, yeah, 
Rollins is now fully playing into an angle with Punk. He was at a live event on Sunday last night. He cut a promo. He called Punk a bum. And he said that he himself was the actual best in the world. Um, I just, if they're not going to be doing anything together, I don't, I don't know why they're having everything based around Rollins and Punk on Raw. You had Pierce confronting Rollins about it. What's going to happen when he's here? You've got Rollins cutting promos over the weekend. I understand, like, let's tease this and try to get as much out of it, but there's also strike while the iron's hot, and the iron is hot for these two right now. The iron's hot for the two of them, but it's the it makes the Drew story better, that he's like, you're overlooking me to worry about punk. I'm the guy you have to worry about. I'm the guy that's getting disrespected by being left off the poster. I'm the guy being disrespected for my legacy, being portrayed the way it is. And now you want to focus on Punk? I'm going to be the one that's going to take your title. And you still have Priest looming out there with the briefcase. You're setting um, up a lot of fun stuff. Yes. Uh, well, before we hop fully off of Punk and into the other NXT stuff, I will throw in the Punk-related article about or anecdote about Leva Bates. Uh, she's on the Squid Games show on Netflix. Have you seen Squid Games The Challenge yet, Robert? I haven't watched the Squid Games reality show. It, that, to me, is a little weird that it was this great TV show that was a meta commentary on how dumb these reality competitions are. And then they turn it into a reality competition, no. but supportive of Leva. And I hope that she did well on it. She didn't poor spoiler alert. She's not featured at all in the series, but, um, I, and look, the first game knocks out like more than half of the competitors. So I'm sure she just kind of got lumped into that. And it was an absolute nightmare from what I've read about that first game. The show's good though. Highly recommended. I was on the hook way in. So would go check out. All right. Back to NXT deadline. Uh, let's take a look at the men's title picture here now. Uh, Trick Williams won the men's Iron Survivor Series match. He's going to win a shot at the NXT men's champion, which is uh, still Ilya Dragunov. He retained over uh, Baron Corbin. There was a face-off between the two at the end. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, who defeated Lexus King earlier in the night, was kind of slinking behind Trick Williams, and there's still a lot of questions that are surrounding the Trick Williams attack situation and, and such, but it looks like we are heading into some kind of Trick Elia feud, which I'm, I'm guessing is going to result in them flipping into finally Trick Carmelo. I don't see Trick beating Ilya, but your thoughts? No, I think Trick is the reason why you have an NXT. He's a guy who's got an opportunity to figure things out, to develop a character, develop better in the ring. The crowd now loves chanting for Trick Williams. I feel like he is extremely popular. And he is a guy that six months was not six months ago was not a viable main event talent for NXT. And now he is. And they're leaning into that. And I think Ilya is going to get a fantastic match out of him when he fails for whatever reason that may be. It's not going to be his last opportunity at the NXT title. Right. And it's why NXT is just they're doing such a great job of letting talent come into their own and not feeling like you have to immediately rush them to the main roster. I know people wanted uh, over the weekend, we're clamoring. They want to see Braun breaker on raw like tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's insane when he's only been in the business for a couple of years, how quickly they think he's ready. I know Carmelo. Yep. Part of the U S title tournament. Yes, sir. And now it wasn't made official. He'll be on this Friday night, but he will be in the opening round uh, opening bracket against Grayson Waller. This got confirmed by Shawn Michaels yesterday and an online video post. But yeah, testing the waters with Carmelo on the main roster. I don't see Carmelo Hayes beating Logan Paul, but man, if he goes the distance and he gets to wrestle Logan Paul, 
that could be very compelling. We'll see, you know, um, but man, yeah, the, the nice thing about NXT right now is there are so many talents where you're just like, why? I mean, you look at Tiffany Stratton, you're like, man, she could be on the main roster tomorrow. Like that. She just seems like she would fit in. Right. I think a guy, you know, and I know he, everybody hated the cult stuff, but I think Joe Gacy's beyond ready. I think that guy, I'm glad they're giving him a second chance to kind of like find, move away from the cult stuff. He's just doing random stuff. He's getting attention, but if you saw any of his work on the independence, you've seen what he's doing now in NXT. The guy has it. There is just a vibe to him. And and I don't want to be macabre with, with Bray not being here anymore, but somebody with that energy, there, there's a, there's a void to fill there. And I think Joe Gacy, man, we're not far away. I think from him, really being in a spot, you know, where, where I think he's going to be really, really viable. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's another person who he's got a unique look. He's got a unique energy and he's incredibly watchable. And that's really important in wrestling in 2023. Uh, lastly, here from deadline dragon Lee defeated Dominic Mysterio to become the new WWE NXT North American champion. This is a last minute addition. I kind of got the, you know, I, I got the vibe that they were going to flip the belt to West because it was the full circle thing yeah. finally coming around here. Man, those tears feel more and more real every time I look back on that promo because it really felt like this was going to be that crowning moment for Wesley. Beat Dominic, pick it up, take off, establish himself as that guy in NXT with the title. And now it'll be Dragon Lee's turn instead. And I and I don't know how long Dragon Lee is for this world with that title either, just because they've already moved him to SmackDown. I, maybe he'll work double duty. This felt very last second to me. Um, but the time had run for Dominic, and as great as he was as North American champion, I have to believe that they're starting to think U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, something a little bit more prestige for him because he's knocked it out of the park with everything they've given him up to this point. Yeah, he had that title so that you could say everyone in Judgment Day had a championship, which makes a lot of sense. I don't love Dragon Lee holding this title for very long. I didn't love that he lost on SmackDown on Friday. He's such a really interesting talent. I think he's someone that they can do a lot with. Preserve that and and don't put him back to NXT. I think the SmackDown audience is getting used to seeing him on television every weekend viewed as a main roster star. When you win the NXT title, now you look like an NXT guy who's showing up on the main roster. And some fans are going to be hesitant to really invest in a guy until they know he's 100% all in on Raw or SmackDown. Yep. Um, and lastly here uh, on our run sheet today, well, I, I'll jump in here real quick. I, I'll throw in a comment from TX Leprechaun, which I have to imagine is Texas Leprechaun. Very funny name. When Logan Paul is on my screen, I go do laundry or the dishes. I go out of my way to not watch Logan Paul. Well, you know, you're alone. I think you're one of a, I think you're one of a few left that feel that way. If Logan Paul feels like he's won over most of his haters at this point. Yeah, I, I'm blown away at how much I really like Logan Paul. I was not a fan of him before he showed up on WWE TV, but his commitment to respecting wrestling as an art form and trying to bring his audience in as opposed to you think back to the, the guy that I always go to is Jeremy Piven when he was promoting that cars movie that he did that used car movie. And you know, he had no idea what the hell was going on. And it's just, I want to go in front of this audience and pitch my thing and get the hell out of here. Logan Paul loves wrestling. He's all in on it. 
and uh, you know, maybe find another segment to do your your laundry, your dishes. Yeah, there's Baron Corbin will be back on TV. Come on now. All right, lastly here, and it does not, I'm sorry, look like we'll have time to get to the Billy Corgan CW story another time, my friends. But the last story here today, Dolph Ziggler is going to have his first post-WWE match next month in Puerto Rico against Ray Gonzalez for the WWC. And, uh, you know, not on my bingo card. For Dolph Ziggler to start his post-WWE career at the WWC down in Puerto Rico, I'm sure they're paying him very, very well. And uh, I, I think that he might want to, I think he might be going for that Sam Adana seat. I think I think Ziggler might want to start a good old-fashioned riot down in Puerto Rico just to check it off his bucket list. I have a question because I haven't read the report. Does he say what he's going by? Is he just uh, going as Nick Nemeth? I think he's just Nick Nemeth now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, love Dolph. Big fan. Good friend. Hope he does fantastic wherever he is. And curious to see what happens to WWC. Maybe WWC. Maybe he's getting in shape for a surprise Rumble entry. Who knows? Maybe right. He it, it never seems like he can stay away uh, from the WWE flame that long, right? Like a moth to light, he always seems to come back. With that, we are at the end of our time for today, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in for another half hour of pro wrestling news with Robert and I here today. Tomorrow is a big one. Come on back. Tune in live, and if you can't, again, find us on your podcast feed. We will be joined by Chavo Guerrero. It is the first day I, he, anybody is allowed to freely talk about the film that has seen it. So if you have any questions, this will be the time to ask them. We'll talk a little Kerwin White. We'll talk about a little Ray Mysterio LWO. We'll talk about whatever you guys want. It is the comment section. It is the. It will always be open, and you guys can ask some questions tomorrow for that. Um, and, of course, tomorrow, like I teased, we will have a mystery guest I'll be announcing for Wednesday's show that will join us to talk a little business of the business at the top of the show on Wednesday. Um, and, um, of course, like I said, the podcast feed. If you like the show, best way to show us support. And, man, you guys have been coming out really strong with this, and I'm going to encourage you to keep going with it. Those five-star ratings, those nice comments, they are helping lifting us up the, uh, iPod, or the uh, podcast charts. They are very well appreciated very much appreciated and uh, i encourage you all to keep on leave, leaving those reviews and comments robert anything you want to say before we wrap up the show here today i'm excited to talk to chavo guerrero tomorrow chavo. uh also hashtag ri pod so we can make sure on wednesday in addition to our illustrious guest uh that nick hausman drinks his woo energy drink I for our woo wednesday spectacular uh really thrilled about that i got but, wait uh, wait wait time, time out time out time out I am trying to find this energy drink in Chicago just in case it comes to it and I have to drink this thing. I'm having some difficulty. So if anybody's in the Chicagoland area and they're really passionate about seeing this go down, uh, my DMs are open at Nick underscore Hausman. If you can help me find some of this woo drink, then um, that would be helpful because I'm hitting a wall right now. Uh, yes, if whatever reason we can't find it on Wednesday, I believe you can order it off the website. So we'll just have to have a case shipped over to Nick Hausman's house if we're unable to find it in the greater Chicagoland area. Uh, but uh, on behalf of the soon to be guzzling woo energy drink, Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors. <laughs>